0: hello everyone and welcome to the sixth episode now of the crossword podcast uh today to celebrate mother's day we have uh, sister linda hilton here with us hello sister hilton hi sam happy um, day. oh happy mother's day to you too uh i'm excited to be able to pop out an episode to all the mothers here and they'll hopefully be able to have a good episode to listen to <laughs> Ooh,
1: no pressure there
0: <laughs> yeah no no <laughs> pressure at all of course uh so to start off uh We'll get into our baseline questions, and uh, I know you've had a chance to be able to listen to the past few podcasts, and I'm sure everyone at home has also, so I won't need to go through uh, guidelines at all for this episode. So what motivates and inspires you? Why do you get up in the morning?
1: Um, that's always uh, kind of a hard question, I think. I used to think it was my, you know, job, obviously, um, that would get me up in the morning. But part of my job is, you know, as a nurse was to, you know, help people. So I think that helping people or being able to hopefully impact somebody for good is really what kind of gets me up and get going in the day.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, so you worked as a nurse, that's what you're referring to? Yes. fantastic uh in your life how have you confirmed the teachings and doctrine of the church of jesus christ well
1: um kind of like my husband i haven't always been a member of the church i was a convert so i was in my early 20s when i joined the church but prior to that i had always been i never think of myself so much as a religious person but more like a spiritual person so i've always had a sense of um something of a greater power that that there's a a, was a force or a power or something that helped us through hard times or challenges um i've always Uh, had a strong sense of the power of prayer um, and how Heavenly Father would answer our prayers. And um, even when I was like the, you know, I always sort of joke around that I had to marry my husband or otherwise those missionaries would still be following me around. But so I didn't like say, oh, yes, right away, I'm going to join the church or anything. It took a little while, but, when i prayed and i just had this as many people you know know this overwhelming answer oh this is the answer and so those kinds of things just reinforce for me really truly the power of prayer and having that individual inspiration um, that we can all just have in our lives that you know, we don't have to be special to receive it or somebody who quote unquote might be considered important that it's
0: available for all of us. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so my dad is also a convert to the church and I've always been able to see in life or his, his, sorry, his perspective has enlightened me to all the benefits that we see in the church. And I always love that within people who have converted to the church because, um, I think a lot of us who have been born don't see a lot of the many blessings uh, that consist in the church. And so I've always been able to love uh, to hear people's different perspectives. Uh, So thank you for sharing. Um, Genealogy is important in the church. Uh, What do you know about your name and family history?
1: Well, as many people may know, I am not the best uh, genealogist in my family. Um, I'm kind of waiting for that inspiration to come across and hit me at, but my maiden name was actually Cliff. It's an English name, and it's also a name that's not very popular, so um, if you were to uh, tally up the Cliff names of the United States, I would be actually in a kind of small minority, and so outside of that, I really don't know tons of information about my particularly maiden name. And so shame on me, I guess.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think a few of us are out there who uh, haven't received that inspiration. So <laughs> let's, let's look forward to that as a group and hopefully one day. We'll... Okay, I'll, I'll look forward to that. And Absolutely. so will my husband too when
1: we get on the bandwagon with him. <laughs> uh what is unique about you um well that's another tough question because i i don't think there's a lot of things that really are unique about being but so i have had to think about that one kind of hard and fast and um um but i guess one thing that people have maybe mentioned to me um over the years or whatever you know I always wished I were like you know this famous dancer singer or you know some fantastic musician that could play you know 10 different instruments or something like that but I can't do any of those things but I think I'm a very good listener Um, and I think that's something that we don't spend a lot of time appreciating in our, our culture um, these days, or, you know, maybe ever really, I don't know. Um, But I really enjoy just like listening to people and hearing really, what are they saying? Are those the words that um, go with the meaning or is the meaning of their words truly what they want to relay to us. And, and so I have been told on several occasions that I'm actually a good listener. So I guess that's one thing that would be unique about me.
0: Yeah. Listening is a really great skill. Uh, and I think it's something a lot of us, uh, can work on. So fantastic that you're able to have that skill naturally. So, uh, from here, We'll go to the rapid fire segment, and uh, just to get our feet under us, I was I was talking to you about this, Sister Hilton. Uh, just because, believe it or not, this we've only had uh, one month of podcast so far. So, just to get our feet under us, we're going to stick with this rapid fire. Uh, hopefully, until next month. So, uh, if you could serve a mission, a mission anywhere, where would it be? Well, um,
1: I think I would like to go to Nauvoo because it just looks like it would be a lot of fun there and unfortunately the people that tend to be there have to have all those skills that I just talked about that I don't have like they do need to be able to sing and perform and play instruments and stuff but I do hold the little bit of excitement that there is um, an old bakery there and once upon a time I haven't been there for a few years now they would make these little like gingerbread cookies and you would get a sample when you came to the bakery. I thought I could do that job. So in, um, the perfect setting, I would be the baker person at the Nauvoo bakery in their little village there.
0: Yeah. I think, I think that'd be fun to be able to go do baking, uh, for a mission. That's, that's a unique skill set to have. Uh, I believe, if, I believe it or not, um, that's what Brother Hilton said too, right? He'd want to be in Nauvoo? I, I do believe so. Once upon a time, we thought we'd go to China,
1: but I think I'm too old for that now. So <laughs> I better just stick more local.
0: Okay, fantastic. <laughs> do you have a favorite genre of music? Well, um, my favorite performer
1: is Josh Groban so i guess whatever officially he would be referred to um as you know i mean he does sort of some poppy stuff right maybe i shouldn't say pop stuff but you know some more currenty stuff but he also does like some italian music and things like that so he is really like i'm josh Groben uh wannabe fan extraordinaire really and he is the only person that I've been to three of his concerts live performances so I think that he'll go on tour again and go to a fourth one so three
0: concerts from Josh Groban that's that's pretty yeah cool. I know
1: it's kind of crazy isn't it
0: yeah uh I I uh, didn't know a lot about Josh Groban uh but I'm a big office fan in and in one of the final seasons, he has a celebrity appearance. Uh, so, yes, I, he
1: does those kinds of things. <laughs> yeah,
0: I really enjoyed seeing him at that.
1: So, one of my one of my sad things is I was hoping he actually um, had a musical uh, theater um, in New York, and I was hoping that I would get out there when he was actually doing it, but that didn't come to pass. So. That is my one sort of sad regret in my music fantasies.
0: Let's hope sometime in the future we'll be able to go to another uh, Josh Groban concert. Let's let's hope for you. <laughs> yeah,
1: I hope. Yeah, I know it'll happen if you're on my side, Sam. Fantastic. If you could have any superpower, what would it be? Um, if I could have any superpower, I would want to be able to read minds and experience other people's feelings i've always wanted to be able to do that
0: very fun i think that'd be an interesting skill set to have and i feel like you could learn a lot more about people and uh and just who they are i think that'd be pretty cool
1: yeah i think i think it would
0: do you have a favorite beverage
1: well my favorite beverage is um, cherry Coke
0: zero okay uh, so I feel like this is a reoccurring theme uh, everyone <laughs> who I've interviewed so far has said something within the coca-cola area uh, oh. so I'm I'm gonna issue this to you as well I don't think people can differentiate flavor profiles between like Coke and uh, Pepsi and dr. Pepper all that stuff. Well, so we're...
1: what I would refer, to, refer you to, Malcolm Gladwell's The Tipping Point, Point," and I'll leave that teaser for you, and he actually, I believe it's in The Tipping Point, I could be, it could be in Blink. I might be getting the two mixed up, but one of those two books, he actually did a little um, test there, and so I'll leave that as a teaser as your homework assignment, you can find out the answer there.
0: Okay, absolutely. I'll report back to you soon. Okay,
1: I'm looking forward to it.
0: Uh if you had to buy a food in large amounts of bulk, what would you buy?
1: Absolutely, without one hundred any doubts at all, it would be chocolate. Chocolate. Do you have like is it dark chocolate, milk chocolate?
0: What what type of chocolate?
1: Well, um initially it would be some milk chocolate, but I have um as I have uh, expanded my taste repertoire i have uh, learned to appreciate dark chocolates but not the extremely dark chocolates like when you get up to the 85 percent cacao not so much that's a little too bitter for me and i like to broadcast that i actually hold a master's degree in chocolate tasting so Um, I was attended a special course at Hershey Pennsylvania which you may know they make Hershey kisses Reese's things of that nature they have these little classes and you can uh, take a class and once you've completed the class you get a master's degree certificate so I actually do hold a master's degree in chocolate tasting so I'm pretty proud of that
0: that's that's pretty intense going to the extreme side of chocolate tasting I didn't know that was a thing
1: Oh, absolutely. And, you know, it's really, um, I would also, anybody out there who likes chocolate, just to challenge them to, you know, when you're uh, wanting to do a little family fun activity, buy some different chocolates, doesn't have to be a lot, just small pieces, and um, take a piece, place it on your tongue, let it sort of melt, and you will taste that they're very different. You know, They had citrusy notes, vanilla notes, bitter
0: notes, sweet notes, it's really, um,
1: it's fascinating.
0: So I also love chocolate and right now, um, I, I thought I was a pretty big chocolate fan, but hearing you talk about flavor profiles and how chocolate tastes, I'm not feeling so great about my sophisticated chocolate tasting level anymore. <laughs> Well, what's exciting for you, Sam, is you have plenty of
1: time to uh, figure it out, and years mm-hmm. to look forward to of trying all those
0: different options. Absolutely, all that—that that can be my final goal in life is to be able to get a <laughs> master's in chocolate tasting. Um, do you have a favorite movie or TV show? Um, well, my favorite TV show is Call the Midwives.
1: Um. As a nurse, my specialty was neonatal nursing, which is, I worked with small babies, and uh, the Call the Midwives show takes place in England in the late 50s, early 60s, so they do a pretty good job of showing what it can be like for babies to be born, complications that go with those kinds of things, health issues. And um, for me, it's just like when I, I have, I don't think there's ever been a program that I have not shed a tear or two when I am watching Call the Midwives. For me, it is just like a, like almost a spiritual experience and has, you know, reminds me of events that I have been involved with over the years. So absolutely, Call the Midwives would be one of my favorite TV programs.
0: That's a, that's a fun, nostalgic, connection that you have there yeah uh so next i was gonna ask what your favorite candy was uh but i feel like we maybe <laughs> distinguished that already i mean maybe maybe we weren't specific enough uh just talking Ooh. about chocolate so
1: yeah <laughs> yeah well um pretty much it would just be some chocolates uh, different kinds um you know like it, i can be in different moods so I could talk to you about Wilbur Buds, which looked like Hershey Kisses, but actually were the pre pre what do precursor to Hershey's um, Kisses, and the Wilbur Buds factory is actually in Pennsylvania, and I have been there, and um, it was interesting to you know learn about the history of you know, their chocolate experience and Milton Hershey's chocolate experience. And anybody who doesn't like chocolate has now heard enough about chocolate from me that they're good for the rest of their life, probably. But So that's what I got to say there.
0: Yeah. Uh, one time, we, we were able to find some dark chocolate that had toffee bits in it. And I think that was like the best chocolate bar I've ever had, confidently.
1: Ooh, that does sound good. Because I love to make toffee too. So, and if you can put, incorporate it with some chocolate, that is pretty good,
0: I think. Combination of the two. If you had to paint your entire house one bright exotic color, what would you paint it?
1: Oh, it would be pink. I'm very envious of the pink house on Losey Boulevard. Um, you might be familiar with it. So a lot of people give directions according to that pink house on Losey Boulevard. So I would paint my house bright pink.
0: Yeah, Brother Grant Smith uh, mentioned that in his in his podcast episode, and now every time we're driving by, I, we always have to look at the pink house. and so it, i've I've done that a few times now. Yes, yeah. Everybody
1: um, in town kind of knows the pink <laughs> pectal bismal colored house on Losey Boulevard absolutely
0: what is your dream job
1: um well my dream job would probably be a dancing comedian can can you explain more (laughs) um well I've always loved dancing and I think I've thought about this and I think people you know, really great musicians, I, this is according to Linda now, I don't have any scientific proof of this or anything, but I think, you know, really great musicians and people who can play lots of instruments, sort of when they hear music, they hear it like in notes or so, there's something in their brain that, you know, tells them that's a D or an F, or if you put those notes together, it'll sound good. So when I listen to music, I'm sort of envisioning what it would be like to do a dance movement to it, even though I've never had any dance training, but I sort of, you know, I'm sort of hearing it in like movements of the body. And then I've just always wanted to be a stand-up comedian. Mm,
0: Stand-up. So, so fun combination also of professions. Yeah. Isn't
1: that, wouldn't that
0: be funny? (laughs) Yeah.
1: Probably my dancing would be funny. That's probably would be the joke.
0: When you were talking about music perception, uh, I was thinking back to my days in jazz band before COVID. And uh, that's, that's very emotional, like jazz is emotional music. And you're supposed to think about it from less of that technical uh, sense, but they challenge you. My band directors challenged me to Mm -hmm. put some moves in your playing. And I Mm -hmm. really like that to, to give emphasis through you know like nonverbals. so yeah, i
1: exactly exactly like if you, when you're listening to people who play the piano um and you know kudos to anybody who can play the piano i tried to take a piano class in college and i couldn't do it i could make one hand work but i couldn't make both of them work at the same time so either the left hand <laughs> did something and the right hand did something but the two wouldn't work together so anyway <laughs> It's the only class I had to drop out of in college. But that being said, it's interesting too how you know you think playing the piano. It all sounds different, but it it does or it sounds the same, but it doesn't. It's different, you know, depending on that. You know, like you said, like the mood or the swing or or whatever your emotion that you know sort of drives you. It's almost like if you did a sort of along with your blind screening of different soda flavors you could do a br- blind screening of who's performing a piano piece and uh-huh. you know who's you know is that allison robinson or is it, you know uh, sister loman or or whoever all we've we got a lot of pian- pianists right now which i'm all kind of a little envious of yeah
0: uh if you could master any type of instrument what instrument would it be
1: I think that piano because it just opens the door for so many other things. I think
0: it really does. And being able to have use of both of your hands is, is really transferable thing to a lot of different instruments then. So I, I think that's like the, that's the head of every instrument and then things lie below it. Otherwise. Exactly. Do you have a favorite book?
1: Um. Oh boy. I like a. You know. I have a, a sort of a eclectic book selection that I kind of like. Um, let's see. I really enjoyed A Man Called Ove. I like um, To Kill a Mockingbird. Um, my nonfiction book that. You know, I, I wasn't a big lover of nonfiction until my later, you know, like probably I was in my 40s, maybe, when I started really enjoying nonfiction book. And I started like reading, like I was talking to you before about Malcolm Gladwell's books, uh, The Tipping Point, Blink, and, and some other ones. And those really um, got me thinking about a lot of different things and how we look at things and are we really how we interpret things. And, and uh, so those are also books that I really, really enjoyed. Um, One other. Oh, well, I guess that's,
0: that's enough for now. (laughs) Um, If you had to smell one scent for the rest of your life, what scent would it be?
1: Okay, now I got to bring that chocolate up again. And I wasn't going to go
0: there. But Probably chocolate. Chocolate. Fantastic. Uh, do you have a favorite church authority? Um, hmm. Well, let's see.
1: I guess I don't know that I have a favorite one, but the one uh, general conference it was sort of and and I, and i'm sure over the years this has been said many times but it you know how some things hit you at certain times differently than other times but it was like the last session of the weekend and and i'm i'm sure at your family you're all just not falling asleep or anything but sometimes you know that last little bit always seems like They can be some of the best talks, but you're kind of maybe getting a little bit tired of sitting still and listening for that long. But anyway, so we were hanging in there and um, Gordon B. Hinckley sort of just in closing said a few little words. And then he said sort of like I'm sort of paraphrasing this now, but if you take anything away is I'm going to try and do a little bit better. And I'm thinking here's the prophet telling us he's going to try to do a little bit better. And I guess if he can try and do a little bit better, I can try and do a little bit better too. And so I've always kind of liked that because it wasn't like he was asking us to, you know, change the world or totally change everything about us or but if we, you know, try to do a little bit better every day You know, we'll get there.
0: Yeah, inspiring words. Uh, I appreciated that that thought as well at the end. Um, So I know we talked a bit about Josh Groban, uh, but do you have a favorite song?
1: Hmm. Let's see, a favorite song. Um, well, uh um my favorite church hymn, I believe I would say is um, because I have been given much. I think that's the official title. um, I really like that because I think, you know, it really talks about getting blessings and um, how we have many blessings in our lives. And, you know, sometimes we forget to celebrate that or think about that or Um, And sometimes blessings aren't always what we think they are till sometime later in our lives, too. So that's my favorite hymn. But I don't know that I have one particular favorite
0: song. Okay. Uh, Fantastic takeaway from that one hymn. Uh, If you could live in one decade forever, what decade would it be? Um.
1: Probably hmm, probably maybe the 1950s. 1950s what
0: what draws you to the 50s?
1: Um, well, let's see. what would it? I think it was a time of um, not so much, now, and that this is not necessarily a good thing or bad thing, but it just seems, from my perspective, that it was a time that there was a bit of quiet in the country. That um, we were excited about new technology that was, you know, coming forth at then. And I mean, even you know, like nowadays, you're thinking, oh, a TV or uh, electric washing machines and things like that. And so those kinds of things, even though now they're standard issue, weren't always so exciting. Or they were new things back then. And and so I, I just think the exciting thought of getting a new washing machine, electric washing machine, and not having to scrub everything, and um, just the family being important and um sometimes it feels like not that people don't think family is important but we sometimes get carried away and it seems like maybe it was a little calmer time though I don't think any time in particular is really calm they're all just different things going on in the world or our lives or whatever but so yeah I think 1950s
0: absolutely uh what is your favorite number
1: Um, my favorite number is, um, I'm just going to say
0: six, six. Do you have any reasoning behind that? Or is it just six?
1: Well, um, I come from a family with six children. So I have three brothers and then there's three girls. So I always liked the idea that there were three of us, three girls, three boys. And so nobody could, you know, like outnumber the other one. So if it was like a vote, you know, the boys couldn't say, oh, you know, there's four of us and take over the girl population. (laughs) And so, so it was always kind of even Steven that way. So I think six is a nice number because
0: you can have
1: divided into three and three. Very
0: fun. Uh, If you could live with any animal, what animal would it be? Well, um, uh,
1: probably a cat.
0: Yeah, I think I think that'd be fun. Uh, and sadly, my mom is allergic. But I think a lot of their values and uh, just the way they interact with their environment would be such a fun experience. Yeah.
1: Over the years, we've had cats. And um, but right now, because in case we travel or something, it just seems like it might be a little harder to have a pet. So we have opted not to have a, any animals right now. And so but yeah, probably a cat.
0: What is the best condiment? Um, dill pickles. Dill pickles. What What do you like dill pickles with?
1: Well, I'm not quite Doris's extreme <laughs> on the dill pickle thing, but I do like them on hamburgers. I like it in my tuna fish sandwich. Um, I like it on, well, not maybe the Dill pickle. Well, I don't know. I might make a tartar sauce with dill pickle in it, like on a sam- like a broiled salmon, maybe. Um, I like it on my hot dogs if I would have a hot dog. Um, what other things? Mm, I guess that's about it, I guess.
0: Yeah. So you enjoy dill pickles to a reasonable point. A reasonable point, unlike. Sister a who made uh, pickled cheesecake, which I'm not quite sure on. <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> actually, I had some of her pickled cheesecake and it wasn't it, bad.
0: I would use it more like as a, a dip, I dip. think. I, I think that's an accurate uh, takeaway from, from pickled cheesecake. <laughs>
1: yeah. So when I was growing up, when I would get home from school, that was before, you know, you have all your nice little packages of snacks. Um, Back in my day, because I'm that old, we didn't have all those kinds of things. But my mom would buy like a gallon size of dill pickle slices. And when I got home from school, I would scoop some in, you know, like a little bowl. And that's what I would have for my after school snack was dill pickle slices.
0: Dill pickle slices.
1: Yeah. So Uh,
0: if you could master the art of making one item, what item would it be?
1: Mm Hmm. Maybe a nice pieced quilt because sewing machines and I don't usually get along very well. So it would be be fun to maybe have a skill like that.
0: They're a bit too uh, fast paced for me. I'm I'm afraid (laughs) I might end up somehow trying to go to chop my finger off. (laughs) Even though it's a sewing machine, I think I would find a way around that.
1: Oh cool. yeah. Well, then you have to use the rotary cutter. That's the part where you might actually cut your finger off.
0: Yeah,
1: it was uh, very sharp.
0: What's your favorite book in the Book of Mormon? Um,
1: hmm. probably I guess. Um, <clears throat> probably Third Nephi. Um, Just because that is where, you know, like, Jesus is sort of introduced um, the Sermon on the Mount. Um, I really like the Sermon on the Mount. Um, So I guess, yeah, I guess
0: that's what I would say. Yeah, I'm just about to enter 3rd Nephi, so I'm excited for some of the events that take place. Uh, What makes you
1: laugh? Oh, lots of things make me laugh. Um, My son-in-law makes me laugh a lot. I think he thinks it's funny that I can laugh. Um, I recently found out about... um, It's a magic show. Oh, I can't think of it. The Cabanera Effect. I recently found out about this, like, literally two weeks ago. And I think it's absolutely hysterical. Oh, (laughs)
0: What, what's that called again?
1: The Cabanero Effect. It's a Cab- magician who sort of sets up these scenarios of sort of crazy things and it's people's reaction to these sort of crazy situations. And it's pretty funny. So um, somebody told me about it and I love love to watch magic shows. So it kind of hits two things with me, loving to laugh and... The magic, part of it as well.
0: I think it's possible that I've seen it. Yeah, no, I'm looking it up right now. I, you were describing those the the details. I I've seen that. I I love that show so much. I think it's yeah, it's uh, it's one of the better uh, comedies on Netflix. Uh, what is the best season? Um, uh, I like fall. Um.
1: Just because the bugs are gone and I like the weather, my perfect temperature would probably be about 68 to 72 degrees. And so, fall seems to provide um, time or a temperature around that. And I just sort of like the lighting that occurs, like on the trees and the leaves of fall, something about, you know, where the sun is such in the sky and just the sort of patterns of light
0: yeah i i think fall is is a wonderful season and i will say uh my family has been down to oregon a few times that's where both my parents went to college and they don't they don't have screens like bugs aren't really a concern for them down there Mm -hmm. and that's like all year round like during the Mm -hmm. summer so I'm jealous of, of their habitat and how that works out. I I, I think that'd be amazing if in Wisconsin yeah. we didn't have to deal with mosquitoes or anything. Yeah, yeah, I know. If we could just get rid of that mosquitoes, right? Yeah. Uh, if you became famous, what would you be famous for? Um, I would be famous for...
1: Um, what would I be famous for? Well... I the kid I always when um, the kids when my children ask me what I would like for my birthday or Christmas or whatever I always tell them I'd like world peace. So I guess if I could be famous for anything in the world, it would be world peace.
0: I feel like that's maybe a a harder thing to have your kids get for you. What not you think? <laughs> Well, they did get me an
1: apron a few years ago, and it says, um, "All I want is world peace and cupcakes." So, <laughs> I and they told me they got
0: got me some world peace there. So. That's that's a good compromise, maybe between both of your efforts. Absolutely. If, if you had to run into any celebrity at the airport, who would it be?
1: Uh, Josh Groban.
0: <laughs> oh,
1: of course. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I keep that... hoping. You know, I was. Keep hoping someday, you know, I'll get called up on stage or I would be so nervous, though. I would be a nervous wreck because I'm very shy and I would probably pass out or something. But anyway,
0: I think be Josh Groban, I think why you haven't been is you're not buying enough plane tickets. I think if you just buy enough, eventually you'll mm-hmm. see him at an airport. So yeah. <laughs>
1: maybe we'll have to start stalking him,
0: I guess. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> uh so at this point we finished all our rapid fire questions and uh we're talking about you so when we were communicating about setting up this uh you sent me a few things on on what you want to talk about and one of them you posed the question of if there's uh, if there's too much service like if so i i want to hear about like your answers on that question about service involvements that you've had oh okay so um
1: the, the joke I always sort of uh, say is that there can never be too many service projects. And um, it just, I think that you those service projects are really can be hard. I just think how over time it really brings a group together. And whether that group be your family, a church group, or a school classroom, uh, your bigger family, it just seems that when you get together and do a work project, it just um, opens up so many opportunities for communication, sort of um, seeing that as... One, you can do good, but as a group, you can do even greater things. And example, I might you know come as like a family, is a oh, was it two? I think it was two years. Yeah, it was two years ago now because of COVID. But um, we've always wanted to sort of like get together as a family, particularly Chester's side of the family. Even I have, even though I have the Norwegian heritage, and make lefse, which it's a potato flatbread. And so finally, we set the date, and we had the master lefse Maker, which is his um, middle sister, sort of directing us. And then we had myself and Chester and his sister and some nieces and nephews and more nieces, and we had this group, and together we made, oh my goodness, I don't know how much of that day, but it is a memory that we created. And it was, you know, the day was warm and it's, you're cooking over hot uh, lefsa griddles and you're rolling this dough out. And, you know, so it isn't like without a little bit of effort on your part and you're, you know, cutting potatoes and mash or not mashing, I should say, ricing potatoes and you know the flowers flying and everything but you know it was a memory and a result at the end that was will last a lifetime with everybody involved that particular day and I also think um, some of us older members remember back when we had pizza projects and we'd get together I think it was every maybe six weeks or so and at that time we would do sort of the take and bake kind of pizzas um as a fundraiser for the ward and you learn a lot about somebody working across the table as you're rolling out you know or cross or putting on sauce or cheese or or whatever and we would spend saturday mornings you know three and four hours working on making all these hundreds of pizzas and so it helped really i think build a community that would not maybe have been there if we hadn't had that service opportunity
0: yeah uh, i've I'm, i've heard about these uh the pizza fundraisers and i'm so jealous i think that'd be a a fun opportunity to work with fellow ward members And uh, I can side with you on that, that culture and being able to work with people. We did a fundraiser a few years back and um, we were doing, it was all egg rolls, uh, like an egg roll fundraiser. Yes, 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 yes. Those are hard work. (laughs) Um, And and it was just so much fun to be able to work with people in the kitchen. And uh, I was out front actually selling all the other like baked items and stuff uh, that my mom had prepared. But. I mean, it's, it's really just a, a fun thing to be able to work with others in that setting. Yeah.
1: And I think it's like a really an opportunity for people to learn skills, as well as, um, you know, not everybody can be the the best at everything or, but, you know, service, you don't have to, you just have to be there and be willing to, you know, share some time and, you know, whatever talents you may have. and. And the, you know, sort of the endorphin rush you get from, you know, knowing that you've been helpful in a way that helps serve somebody.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you you clearly are talking about doing quite a few service things, and uh, from from meeting you and. And our interactions, you are a very service-oriented person. And so my question for you is how do you balance personal, like, personal life and then also working with service? And, and if there's contradicting things, like, how how does that balance out then for you?
1: Well, it certainly has gotten easier now that my children are grown and, you know, aren't here. But um, when our children were here um, and we would have... Uh, like a church service project or a move or a helping clean or Eagle Eagle projects or any number of things in our family, that wasn't like an option. You came and it was just the expectation. And I was very blessed that my children probably 90% of the time were willing to do that And, you know, I mean, there's always days when we all like to sleep in or whatever, whatever. And I know one time somebody asked me, how do you get your son to, you know, come help with these moves? And I kind of like, well, it's not an option. We just all do this. And that was our family time, sometimes together. Um, And certainly there's days when it's easier than other days. And um just um being supportive of each other you know certain responsibilities that i may have or my husband may have and that trying to be supportive he's probably better at it than i am um but he has a hard time saying no i can say no a little more easily than he can so sometimes i think he maybe forgets that He needs to balance that a little better, but that's just between you and me. Don't tell anybody.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, because this this definitely won't be accessible to the public, like at all.
1: (laughs) Well, he's actually sitting in the room here, so.
0: Oh, okay, fantastic. So there's there's no secrets to
1: no secrets to spoil.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, thank you very much for meeting. uh you answered all my questions. Uh, Hope you have a fantastic Mother's Day.